Are you trying to stop emotional eating, but it's not working? What if I told you that you're doing it wrong and that's why you're struggling? What if you saw emotional eating as a gift rather than your lack of willpower, self-control, or something you should be ashamed of? When this episode, we're diving into our emotional connection to food, the number one reason why you may be struggling, and the solution that will help you to stop feeling ashamed about emotional eating. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. How are you? I'm so excited to be bringing another installment of our intuitive eating series today. Today, we're talking all about intuitive eating principle seven, and we're talking about emotions. Now, emotional eating is something that a lot of women struggle with, and this is typically because we try to complicate things, we make it difficult, but this episode is to help you simplify emotional eating and know that if this is something that you struggle with, you can have a handle on it. It's very simple. It's available to you. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to do that. Now, what I'm about to share with you is probably going to make you question a lot of things, but it will change your life. Trust me. So first of all, I want to say that all eating has emotional connection. All of it. Emotional eating is neither good nor bad. It's a neutral circumstance. And the reason why you feel bad about eating emotionally is because of diet culture. Diet culture has made us believe that when we eat emotionally, that means something about us. So we're going to unpack all of this in this episode so that you feel empowered and you can stop feeling ashamed whenever you eat emotionally. First, I want to define emotional eating for the purpose of this podcast. Emotional eating is just using food for reasons other than physical hunger. And the number one reason why so many of us do this is because we haven't been taught to process our emotions yet which is why this definition of emotional eating is really important because emotional eating, as the name implies, it stems from an emotion. And if you've been following me for a while, you'll know that emotions are just simply sensations in our bodies. They can feel pleasant or they can feel unpleasant. And then we assign names to them and call those feelings. Now, when a sensation is pleasant, we might interpret that as a good thing. So we would assign feelings like joy, love, happiness, positive feelings that make us feel good to those sensations. But when they're unpleasant, we might assign that to something bad and interpret it as something like anger, boredom, fear, maybe sadness. And I want you to know that our human brains are naturally wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain and discomfort. So we will always do things to help us avoid or numb those unpleasant feelings. And the quickest way to do that for most people is through food. Why? Food is mostly available for a lot of people. doesn't matter what kind of food it is. And typically this starts from a very young age. So as babies, most people get fed every time they cry. 
right? So we learn that food soothes everything. We cry, mom or caregiver feeds us, and we think, well, that's the solution to everything. But as we grow, it's important for our caregivers to pay attention to what we actually need as babies. So when we cry, it's more about assessing, are we hungry? And usually people would check to see if there's diaper needs to be changed or we're sleepy or we're just feeling like we need to be cuddled or our positions need to be changed. And sometimes that suits the baby and they stop crying. Other times it might not work. And then that's how the mom knows, okay, I need to feed the baby. Maybe the baby is hungry. This is really important for caregivers. So if you're a parent, this is how you don't raise an emotional eater. Because every time a child cries and you compensate that with giving them food, it actually reinforces this idea that food is the solution to everything. I'm going to do a separate episode for kids, but I just wanted to bring that awareness to this episode since we're talking about emotional eating right now. Now, why food really helps is because it triggers this release of dopamine and that makes us feel really good in the moment. So when we feel good, we forget about what caused the distress in the first place. Just for a moment, our brains are happy because we believe we have solved the problem. I'm using that in quotes because technically the problem hasn't been solved. We've just been distracted by the feeling in our body that the dopamine has caused. The problem doesn't go away, but we feel good. So we feel that relief. The issue arises when the next time we encounter that problem, Our brain, rather than trying to solve the problem, goes to food. So for example, if you're always feeling stressed out, but you don't have a good way of managing your stress, you might find that most nights you just want to eat a bag of chips or popcorn after your family goes to bed just to decompress. Now, when you do this over time, your brain notes that this makes you feel better. And then it becomes your default setting. So you don't even need to think about it. You just find yourself sitting in front of a TV, eating a bag of popcorn or chips. Why? Because your brain is trying to give you something that would help to soothe those unpleasant feelings that stress might be bringing up for you. We'll talk about what you can do in a minute, but I just wanted to lay that foundation. And like I said earlier, emotional eating is neither good nor bad. It's a neutral circumstance You get to decide whether it's good or bad based on what you make it mean about you. Now, this is where I really want to grab your attention because a lot of us make eating emotionally a terrible thing about us. We make it mean that we we lack willpower or self-control and then there's something wrong. But I'd like to invite you to use your need for emotional eating as an opportunity to explore what you may be needing beyond food. So remember what I said Emotions are just sensations in our bodies, and these are often triggered by our thoughts about what's happening around us. So when something happens, we have a thought about it, and that thought is what creates the feeling within us, and that feeling is what drives us to take action. So I'm going to use myself as an example. (laughs) Three years ago, about four years now, when my husband moved across country, I was newly postpartum. I had two kids in school. My thoughts about that whole experience was this is so hard I can't do this I shouldn't have let my husband leave of course this was my interpretation of what was happening around me so this made me really feel helpless and stuck I was always feeling overwhelmed I was often stressed out and I even started resenting my husband because I just imagined him living across the country 
not caring about anything. He could wake up and sleep and eat and do whatever he wanted while I felt like I was home stuck taking care of these three kids. Now thinking that way just made me work even harder to prove how much I was suffering. So whenever he called, I would complain and then I would also have the evidence to justify that I was suffering. Obviously, that meant I barely had time to take care of myself. I didn't have a break. Most nights, I wouldn't get a break till about, you know, 8 or 9 once the kids were put to bed. And by then, I was too exhausted to care for myself. So I would just sit in front of the TV with a bowl of ice cream and brownies. Then I'd shower and go to bed. It didn't take the stress away, but that was how I coped until the day I ran out of brownies. And let me tell you, it was not a pretty sight. I ugly cried and I just lost it. And the kids were just surprised. They didn't even know what to do. I think it was my oldest who just came and hugged me and she said, Mom, everything is going to be fine. I'm so happy that happened because the next day I actually just sat down and I thought, you know, how much longer am I going to continue this way? So I actually called my friend who's a nurse and chatted with her about what was going on and she advised that I talk to my daughter. Come to know, I was experiencing postpartum blues on top of everything which just made things really more complicated for me. And at that time, I didn't need medication but my doctor highly recommended that I seek support. So, of course, I swallowed my pride, started asking for help with the kids just so I could nap and do something for myself during the day. I started painting again. I love painting, so that was helpful for me. And eventually, I didn't need ice cream and brownies at night anymore. Gradually, I noticed a shift in how I showed up with the kids. I wasn't grumpy as much. And I even found time to take the kids out to play, which was something we never did because I always felt too busy and too tired and too stressed. We actually started having fun. Now, I want you to notice my circumstance didn't change. But how I thought about it changed how I felt about it. And once my feelings changed, my actions just followed. So this is a long-winded way of saying that your thoughts matter a lot when it comes to emotional eating. (laughs) I hope that helps. So let's talk about when you have all the emotions and you don't know what to do with them. Because a lot of us struggle with this too. It's like, well, I have too many emotions. What do you want me to do? That's a good thing. The fact that you can have a lot of emotions is helpful. And now you get to decide how you process them. And the best way to do that is just sit and accept them. (laughs) I know, not very groundbreaking, but it's very powerful. And this is why. A lot of us suffer and struggle because we are unwilling to feel our emotions And that's rightly so because we've been taught to avoid unpleasant emotions at all costs. And especially as women or people who have been socialized as women, being emotional is seen as a weakness. So we tend to want to shut those down. We tend to want to close them off. We want to avoid them. But I'm inviting you to let those emotions come out and start engaging with them in a productive way. So in episode 16 of this podcast, my coach Stephanie and I talked about the gift of emotional eating. I highly recommend that you listen to that episode because she walks you through the process of processing your emotions. I highly recommend that you listen to it. I'll include the link in the show notes. 
But for this episode, I want you to know that if you're unwilling to feel your emotions, if you're unwilling to process them, you will continue to struggle with emotional eating. So listen to that episode if that's something that you're struggling with. Now, how do we get through the urge when we feel like eating emotionally? First, I want you to start just by observing when you feel the urge to eat emotionally. How often does it happen? When does it typically happen? Is it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening? What are the circumstances surrounding that happening? What we're doing is just gathering information. This is not the time to judge yourself or feel bad or think any other thoughts. It's just, okay, this is what's happening. This is when this typically happens. This is going to help you notice the patterns that show up in your life. And awareness is really important because that's the only way we can change. If we're not aware of what's happening, we don't know where we're going to change from. So next, you want to create a gap between your emotional eating urge and your response. Again, we talk about this in detail in episode 16 of the podcast. But for this episode, I want you to just simply give yourself space to sit between when you feel that urge and when you respond. Just give yourself a break, 5-10 minutes Do something else to calm your nervous system down. So for me, and what I typically recommend to my clients is deep breathing because you can breathe anywhere. This is something you don't need to go hide. You can do it in public while you're around people. Just take a few moments and breathe. You can put your hand over your chest and just remind yourself that you're safe, that it's okay. Now, once you've created that gap, your nervous system is calm. You can just ask yourself, am I physically hungry right now? In my one-on-one coaching program, Thrive, I teach my clients how to differentiate between physical and emotional hunger. We go into detail, but for the purpose of this podcast, just know that physical hunger tends to be slow and it's accompanied by physical symptoms. So you might feel it in your stomach. You might feel a headache. You might feel dryness in your throat. Emotional hunger tends to be triggered by something that happened. And it's usually very food specific. So it could be taste, it could be texture. That's why a lot of us tend to gravitate towards sweet things, salty things, crunchy things, because it's very specific. Now, I want to say sometimes if you're in a place where you cannot eat right away, that emotional eating feeling might wait till you're less busy, which is why a lot of us might find ourselves eating emotionally at night. I'm thinking of my client, Sarah, who experienced this and would always wonder why they felt really hungry, even after they were full of eating from dinner. Once we pulled back the layers, we realized that the emotional hunger was there because of the high stressful situation and work environment that Sarah worked at. So we were able to create a self-care plan to help Sarah process those pent-up emotions throughout the day. And then there was no need to decompress with a bag of chips or any kind of food when they got home. If you're physically hungry, I'm encouraging you to eat. There's no dancing around it. Just grab something, eat, and move on. If you're not hungry, think about what other need you might be trying to satisfy and how you can meet those needs in a safe and productive way. This could range from seeking support from loved ones or a professional to manage, you know, your mental health, emotional health. You can engage in physical activities. It could just be about taking some time alone for yourself, which if you're a mom, I'm telling you, this is the best thing you can do. You might feel worried and scared that your people are going to miss you. But trust me, just taking a few minutes in a day to actually center yourself and care for yourself will make such a difference in how you're able to handle stress 
and reduce your need for emotional eating. And this is where that information gathering step comes in. You then create a plan to take care of your needs around those moments where you feel the most urges to eat emotionally. Then you can support yourself with those supports rather than food. Now, lastly, if you've done all of that and you still feel like eating, then eat. Sometimes we just want food and it's fine. But I'm putting a really big but here. Make sure that you're eating because you choose to, not because you have no other option. When you eat because you choose to, it means that you're taking responsibility and owning your action. And that's empowering. But if you eat because you feel like you have no other choice, then this comes from a place of disempowerment. And often this is where a lot of us start to find ourselves (laughs) in the shame spiral. You know, you feel ashamed and then you feel guilty for eating, but then you feel bad for feeling that way and you just keep going down that spiral. So it's really important to choose wisely, my friends. Eat from a place of empowerment. Now, if you've done all of that, you've eaten emotionally and you're feeling bad. Here's one for you. I want you to recognize that that was a moment where you did not take an empowered decision. And that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. You're human. We all do it. The best way to get through that is to just recognize that it happened. And that's okay. Now you might feel the need to speak unkindly to yourself. Maybe you want to shame yourself, hoping that it will spur you to change your behavior. But that will only make you feel like crap. So don't do it. Instead, I want you to choose to extend compassion to yourself. Compassion is something a lot of us struggle with. But just think about what would the kind thing be if your friend or a child or a pet were to do something really terrible, what would you do? How would you speak to them? And then do that for yourself. Maybe you have no words. You could act it out. It could just be simply just placing your hand over your heart, telling yourself that what has happened has happened and it's okay and you're safe. That's how you stop feeling ashamed about emotional eating. It's very simple. It's available to you today. If you'd like some support with this or just with getting unstuck in your life, or not even sure where to start from, then let's chat over a clarity call. I can help you get clear on exactly what the problem is, then lay out a plan for you. There's no pressure to work with me. My aim is just to help you make a decision on how to get unstuck and move forward. So I hope this episode was helpful, friends. I'd love to hear from you as always. Do you struggle with emotional eating? Which of the things that we talked about today will you start doing? to help yourself. Come on over to Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness and let's chat. I'd love to hear from you. I like hearing your takeaways from the podcast episode. And I just want to say thanks for spending time with me today. I really appreciate having you here. I love having you here and I cannot wait to chat again. Until then, remember that shame has no room on your plate. So keep eating your food and keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. 
And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.